Hello, and welcome to In The Game. I am your host, Carter O'Donnell Hefner, and I am joined by my lovely co-host. I am Michael Corson. Today, we are going to be discussing a topic that has been in the news a lot lately, and that is transgender athletes. This is a controversial issue that has been generated a lot of debate and misinformation. But, Michael and I are here to set the record straight. In this episode, we are going to debunk some myths about transgender athletes, talk about the reality of transgender athletes, as well as discuss the legal and policy landscape. Let us start with the myths. There are several myths about transgender athletes that are often repeated, but are simply not true. The American Civil Liberties Union, Michael and I, will be referring to the American Civil Liberties Union as the ACLU for the rest of the article for convenience on ourselves as well as the listeners. The ACLU recently published an article that debunks four of these myths, and we are going to use that as our guide. The first myth is that transgender athletes have an unfair advantage. This is a common misconception, but it's simply not true. While it is true that transgender women may have higher testosterone levels than cisgender women, hormone therapy can actually reduce muscle mass and strength. In fact, the International Olympic Committee has guidelines that require transgender women to have testosterone levels below a certain threshold for at least one year before competing. This is because hormone therapy can take several months to have a significant effect. And even then, it may not completely eliminate any advantage that a transgender woman may have. In addition, many sports have weight classes and other measures to ensure fair competition. So, it is inaccurate to say that all transgender athletes have an advantage. As the ACLU article points out, some transgender athletes may be stronger, faster, and more skilled than their cisgender peers. However, that's because they are better athletes, not because they are transgender. And the second myth is that transgender athletes threaten the safety of cisgender athletes. This is complete ridiculousness and BS. There's no evidence to suggest that transgender athletes are more likely to injure other athletes. In fact, studies have shown that transgender athletes are more likely to be injured themselves due to discrimination, lack of acceptance, and lack of appropriate medical care. As the ACLU notes, transgender athletes are more likely to be victims of violence and harassment than their, than their per perpetrators. According to the U.S. Trans Survey, 22% of trans women who were perceived as trans in school were harassed so badly that they had to leave school because of it. What? Another 10% were because they were kicked out of school. The idea that women and girls have an advantage because they're trans ignores the actual conditions of their lives. And the third myth is that transgender athletes undermine women's sports. Again, ridiculousness. Yes, not true. Allowing transgender athletes to compete does not undermine women's sport. It actually strengthens them. It does the opposite. Transgender athletes are women and should be able to participate in women's sports just like any other woman. In fact, excluding transgender women from women's sports can be harmful and discriminatory. As the ACLU article points out, Excluding trans women from women's sport reinforces forces harmful stereotypes about who is or isn't a real woman and is rooted in discrimination against transgender people more broadly. What is this, Matt Walsh? What is a woman? Yeah. 
What is a woman? The fourth and final myth is that transgender athletes are not really who they claim to be. This is not only untrue, but it's also offensive. Transgender people are who they say they are, and they deserve to be treated with respect and dignity. Transgender athletes are no different. As the ACLU article notes, transgender people have a right to be treated according to their gender identity, and that includes in sports. Yes. Now that we've dived into, discussed the myths, we're going to now dive into the reality of it all for transgender athletes. We've debunked some of the myths, and let's talk about the reality of the situation. Transgender athletes face many challenges in sports, including discrimination, lack of acceptance, and lack of appropriate medical care. For example, many transgender athletes struggle to find doctors who are knowledgeable about transgender health and can provide the necessary medical care to help them compete safely and effectively. Despite these challenges, there are, more, there are many successful transgender athletes who have made their mark in various sports. For example, Chris Mazier is a transgender athlete who, was com- who competed in the duathlon and triathlon at a high level in 2015. He became the first openly transgender man to qualify for U.S. national team. And another example is Laurel Hubbard. She is a transgender weightlifter who competed in the 2020 Olympics. And these athletes are inspiring examples of what can be achieved with hard work and determination. While transgender athletes face discrimination and scrutiny, they are not alone in their struggles. Caster Semenya, a South African middle-distance runner, was subjected to invasive and humiliating gender testing by the International Association of Athletics Federation due to her naturally high levels of testosterone. Despite her gender identity of being a woman, the IAAF argued that her body's natural hormone levels gave her an unfair advantage over other female athletes. Semenya's case highlights the complexity and controversy surrounding the regulation of hormones and gender in sports. While the IAAF's regulations do not specifically target transgender athletes, the effects of such policies disproportionately harm individuals like Semenya, who do not fit with the transgender norms. It's important to recognize that these issues of hormone regulation in sports is not black and white, and that the experience of individuals like Semenya must be taken into account in any policy discussion on the matter. So... What does legal and policy landscape look like for transgender athletes? Michael, I'm glad you asked. The NCAA's policy for transgender athletes can compete in their gender identity after certain conditions are met, including hormone therapy. However, some states have passed laws that target transgender athletes and restrict their participation in sports. It's important to consider these legal and policy issues surrounding transgender athletes and work towards creating inclusive environments in sports for all individuals. What does the policy entail? When the NCAA's policy on transgender athletes is fully implemented in August 2023, there are concerns about whether the NCAA would defer to policies that use criteria other than a testosterone limit. This could result in athletes being excluded altogether, not just postponed for participating. The NCAA's decision to defer to policies that were not developed with their difference in mind also creates uncertainties and ambiguities. The NCAA's justification of its policy as aligning with the Olympic movement is also criticized as unnecessary and not achieved by the policy. Moreover, 
NCAA's defense policy could lead to NCAA institutions discriminating against transgender athletes, putting them at risk of exclusion that violates civil rights protected by the Title IX in the Equal Protection Clause. Therefore, NCAA should take control of its policy and establish eligibility criteria that are in the line with the values and context of NCAA and its members. A sport-specific approach is acceptable, but the NCAA must take responsibility for creating and administering its policies that are negative, the complexities, and the diversity of sports and gender. For example, in 2020, Idaho passed a law that bans transgender women from participating in sports. Title IX, as written in 1972, I'm pretty sure it was signed in by Richard Nixon, states, No person in the United States shall on the basis of sex be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. This law has been used to support the inclusion of transgender athletes in sports, as it prohibits discrimination based on sex, which includes gender identity. In 2016, the United States Department of Education issued guidance clarifying that transgender students should be allowed to participate in sports teams and use facilities that align with their gender identity. However, the guidance was resigned by the Trump administration in 2017, leaving many schools and organizations uncertain about how to proceed. The Biden administration has since issued an executive order that directs federal agencies to interpret Title IX as prohibiting discrimination based on gender identity, which could have significant implications for the inclusion of transgender athletes in sports. Despite this, some states have still passed laws that restrict the participation of transgender athletes in sports, and there are ongoing legal battles over the constitutionality of these laws. It remains to be seen how this issue will be resolved, but it is clear that Title IX will continue to play a central role in the conversation about transgender athletes in sports. Transgender woman, Leah Thomas, competed in this. She got first in the 500 meter. And before that, in 2018, she is also, before she was transitioned, she was top eight in the men's competition. She was competing and doing pretty well as a man. Yeah, killing it. Coming here, though, we have her placing fifth. Tied for fifth. She got tied for fifth with Riley. Riley Gaines. She went on Fox News after this. and Yeah. yeah she was she's the sole loser. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for calling that out because that's really all. Because no one else said anything. No one else, not a single other woman from this said anything about this but her, and she yeah. tied for fifth. And according to the NCAA policies, the award will go to whoever is older. Leah mm-hmm. Thomas was born in 1999, 
while Riley was born in 2000. Oh, I didn't know that part. That's interesting. Hell, even the person that finished last didn't say nothing. Yeah, it's always the motherfuckers that are... It's always the motherfuckers in, like, 18th place that are always upset about a transgender athlete competing. Yeah. Transgender athletes vary in athletic ability, just like cisgender athletes. One high jumper could be taller and have longer legs than another, but the other could have perfect form and then do better. That is what Andrea Yearwood said. She is a student track athlete and an ACLU client. Furthermore, she said, one sprinter could have parents who spend so much money on personal training for their child, which in turn could cause their child to run faster. In Connecticut, where cisgender girl runners have tried to block Andrea from participating in the sport that she loves, the very same cis girls who have claimed that trans athletes have an unfair advantage have consistently performed as well as or better than their transgender competitors. Interesting. There are 21 states in the United States that ban transgender students from participating in sports consistent with their gender identity. And it's most likely going to go up too, honestly. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not too. Unfortunately, yeah. Iowa is one of them. Yeah. And so is West Virginia. I'm from West Virginia. I'm just here. <laughs> but yeah, they have also... This state is a joke. This is just one of the times you can't say. Only in Iowa. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I don't live in West Virginia. At the center of this dispute is a state law known as the Save Women's Sports Act, which was enacted in April 2021 and bars transgender public school students from playing on a girls' sports team. The law permits students to play on athletic teams based on their biological sex and defines male and female by a student's reproductive biology and genetics at birth. But... The ACLU sued the block enforcement of the law on behalf of 12-year-old Becky Pepper Jackson, a transgender school from Harrison County, West Virginia, who wanted to compete on her middle school's girls' cross-country team. Pepper Jackson's lawyer said in filings that, quote, has known she is a girl for as long as she can remember and received puberty-delaying treatment and estrogen hormone therapy so she will not experience indigenous puberty. Let me say this. We've briefly sprinkled in throughout what we said already. But it's just for any cisgender athlete who are protesting trans people from participating with the team, maybe just suck. Maybe just get better instead of crying. I'm sorry you've been ass at what you do. But maybe just get better. Maybe that's the only reason you're actually mad. Is that's really what it is. You're trying to find an excuse to point a finger at something that really is about you. Just get better. That's it. I want to mention this. Because it seems like it is just an attack on transgender women. There is not much of a dialogue surrounding trans men in sports. Trans men, after all, pose a lesser threat in men's sports because it's more difficult for people born female at birth to keep up with male-born athletes. How can we fix the culture that is transphobic? My solution, or an idea I have, is to teach younger boys from a very early age to be accommodating and friendly to young trans boys, not only that, but everyone. As Gen Z grows up 
and is replaced with an even more socially liberal generation, this would seem like a feasible solution to the issue at hand. Boys and youth leagues will understand that trans men are just like them, men themselves, and are on equal footing, both athletically and personally. We are going to discuss some more, a lot more serious things. It's all serious, but the suicide rate for the transgender non-binary youth face a very much elevated risk for depression, suicide, and attempting suicide compared to youth who are cisgender or straight. A 2020 review study by the Trevor Project researchers showed that transgender and non-binary youth were two to two and a half times as likely to experience depressive symptoms and seriously consider suicide and attempt suicide compared to their cisgender LGBTQ plus peers. Yes, but we're not going to protect them because they're not people. Yeah, that's that's the argument that is used at baseline. More than half of individuals, 56.7% have moderate to severe depression and exactly half have moderate to severe anxiety. Self-harm or suicidal thoughts were reported by 43.3%. It is important to bring up gender dysmorphia as well. Gender dysmorphia can lead to other mental health challenges, including anxiety, depression, negative self-image or poor self-esteem, PTSD, shame, social isolation. What do sports do? They provide us a sense of community. Among transgender adults, almost half report being verbally harassed in the past year, and 1 in 10 are physically attacked or sexually assaulted in a given year. Trans people may also experience bullying, discrimination, harassment, intimidation, as well as prejudice. Research indicates that transgender people are somewhat more likely to have a psychiatric diagnosis. The most common are anxiety and depression. But some conditions are more common among trans people, including bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, dissociative identity disorder, multiple personality disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, schizophrenia, and schizoactive disorder. One last thing I want to say. My brother is transgender. Uh, he's not an athlete. I didn't want to mention that because I didn't want to bring up personal stuff, but I'm glad you did. My brother is transgender. He's not an athlete. He's not in the sports at all, but still, he's a transgender man in America. And I have, as a, an older brother, I have been very concerned for his safety. And so as he, he, I mean, he's, we have discussions where he's talked about just leaving the country because it's a better opportunity to stay safe. And is that how it should be? We call you know, America the best country in the world, yet we can't protect our people. It's ridiculous. When my brother first came out and told me about this, and I told him, I accept who you are, I love you, that meant the world to him. It's as easy as that. It's just respect and accept who they are, and all these problems can be solved. They're not a threat to you. No. They're not a threat. They just want to live their lives. Yeah, so. I love my brother. I am glad that he is who he is, and he's comfortable with who he wants to be and i think everyone else should be that shout out casey yeah shout out casey we love you yeah love you. anyone else that's listening to this we love you we support you and we will stand by you yes. to sum up transgender athletes are often misunderstood and the myths surrounding them are harmful 
and untrue. Transgender athletes face many challenges, but they have shown that they can compete at the highest level. It's important to remember that exclusion and discrimination based on gender identity are harmful to all people, not just transgender individuals. We must work towards a future where all athletes and people are accepted and included regardless of their gender identity. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll continue to tune in to In The Game. Thank you.